Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I wanna collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, hey, we are back. Welcome to 2019 and Fat Mascara. 2019, that's crazy. It's a brand new year, but I'm still Jen. I'm Jess. Fat Mascara, back with a vengeance. All right. We're going to talk about some very exciting new topics to kick off the new year. The the season. Yeah, the the new year, new season. What's on deck? Uh, Okay. Beauty resolutions. I brought mine to the table. Did you? I brought one. Is that okay? That's all right. Yeah, I just have one. All right. Then the Consumer Electronics Show is going on right now as we speak. Um, a lot of new things. We're going to talk about whether or not they're probably going to make it to your your shelf. That's good. That's good. And then what does it take for some people to break into the beauty industry? The New York Times had a shocking expose, and I want to talk about it. I do, too. After that, our guest is amazing, Dr. Shireen Idris. She's a dermatologist. She's going to talk to us all about eyes. We have our own questions, and then you guys had a bunch of questions, too, and she's definitely the woman with the answers. So let's get into it. I I don't know how I feel about New Year's resolutions. Every year, I try and do them. They don't last that long, but I swear this year I have one that is both beauty and health related. And I'm going to stick to it. Did, okay. Did you make it? any? Oh, yes. I love okay. resolutions. I love a chance to start again. Okay. I know this is going to sound so silly and it, my resolution is to drink water, but there's an actual real reason behind it. Apparently, I am extremely dehydrated. I only know this because I traveled to Indonesia and weirdly in Indonesia, next to every single public toilet, there is a color thermometer of how hydrated you are based on your pee color. Can you believe that? 
Is that really true? It's like, real, I, I was there. It's like no, from I mean, dark but like, yellow. Is it really accurate? I should say. Yeah, and then I went online because I was like, "Is that true?" If in which case I'm the most dehydrated human in the world. God, what kind of shave do you have going? It's off? it's yellow. It's bright yellow. Ooh, I know. Ooh, and so ooh. I I know. I'm sorry, ooh. but I thought that that was like kind of normal. I don't know no. why. And then I pulled a bunch of people, and they're like, "No, your pee's almost clear," and mine is not. I think like a. F- a f- a fair, I was like a fair, a fair pale shade is correct. Kind of normal, yes, according to the Indonesian authorities, that would be correct. Okay. So I saw this thing, and I I realized I'm like walking around dehydrated. Then I saw um, Sonia Dakar, the facialist. Oh yeah, and she was like, "You're so dehydrated," because she said I didn't really have wrinkles, but the little lines were showing up because I was just really dry. Okay, and I slather on moisturizer like nobody's business. That's not the issue. Sometimes you got to hydrate from the inside out. Yeah, I do think that it's kind of like nonsense when you know we joke around about like you know supermodels saying like it's water and yoga. And sleep and stuff. I know that's why I'm embarrassed that that's my resolution. But, but I do think as I grab a water right now, just this conversation is making me thirsty. Like, I do think that there is something to just like, it's a fundamental part of being a healthy person. I don't think it's going to give you amazing skin. I don't think it's going to help you really lose weight. But I think things will function better. You'll feel better if you're hydrated. You're probably absolutely right about that. So I'm going to try and do it. Let's get back to basics. I will say, however, I've noticed now that I am hydrating correctly. You're in the bathroom. You have to pee all the time. Yeah. What the hell? This is where everybody is in the office. They're in the bathroom peeing because they're all hydrated. And I'm over here like ready to die of dehydration. I have like bathroom friends. Because yeah. you go so yeah. frequently. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll see you in there. Okay. So um, what, what's your resolution? This my year? resolution, again, not sexy, but just practical, is um, something that I picked up over the holiday in Buffalo. Okay. I, this is my Buffalo beauty Glamorous Buffalo, New York. Okay. This is like I picked up some of the best advice that I think is going to like save my skin. So Jeff, my husband, his aunt has the most beautiful baby skin like baby baby skin like glass skin, like she has this she has glass skin i don't think she like knows about the glass skin dumpling skin they're calling it oh my she, she oh my gosh she does have dumpling skin okay it is smooth it is plump it ha- it is poreless and it is like not not a speck of discoloration and she's like she's a beauty girl but she's not like an obsessive person mm-hmm. and i said i found out how old she is and I was like, what do you do to your skin? I was like, I have to stop you. I just like, it was like she was talking about something. I was like, uh, Terry, Terry, I, I got to stop you. What do you use on your skin? She's like, I'm obsessed with sunscreen. She says at her job, mm-hmm. and I put on sunscreen in the morning. We've mm-hmm. talked to you about those Crystal, Crystal Gardo ones earlier on when we started the show. He was like one of our first guests. And he was like, yeah, but you put it on. He's like, do you think that lasts all day? And I was like, uh, like giggled. Terry, Jeff's aunt said that she like when she goes out for lunch like during work or like when she like gets she has it on her person at all times and people will laugh at her being like why are you reapplying sunscreen like 4 p.m she lives in like cloudy buffalo like we're touching up with powder like idiots over here and she's reapplying sunscreen apply sunscreen like as if you like uh, has how you might retouch touch up like your lip gloss like i said like powder like yeah exactly yeah so i am all about now keeping some kind of SPF product on my person and like patting it over my face, whether it might be like a brush on sunscreen or a moisturizer. Um, you know what I used over the break? Hmm. Supergoop makes this oil yeah. that's a really nice SPF 50. Just a little bit pad over the skin gives you a nice glow. Yeah, our our, our oilier friends, my like color science or colore yeah. science. Yeah, people really like color science. I just pictured you, you know, the women that wear um, a lanyard with their keys on it or like <laughs> their ID. Yeah. Should we like drill a hole in the back of a sunscreen or our color science thing and just wear it around our neck? It's, I'm going to have a holster. Or should we start that business? Add it to the list of beauty Serious? businesses. Yeah. It really, it's so simple, but like she wasn't like saying like it's all about La Mer or whatever, like. She was like, it's just about sunscreen. Like, use it. Let Terry be our guide I know. in the new year. Aunt Terry. Okay, so let's resolve to do that. And then you guys just, like, DM us, tweet us, yeah. email us. Tell us what you are going to do in 2019 to be healthier and more beautiful. It's Tech Talk with Jen and Jess. Oh, God, well, then we're in trouble. I'm not very techy. And we're not starting that segment, so don't worry, everybody. <laughs> I did want to talk about the Consumer Electronics Show, which is in Las Vegas. Oh, it's big news. Um, 
this week, so by the time you listen to this, it might be wrapping up. This is the first year, I'm going to say, where I was invited by multiple beauty companies to go to Vegas. Multiple brands were telling me they're presenting something new and big. And this isn't at Cosmoprof or some beauty exhibition at the Consumer Electronics Show. So I did not get my butt out to Vegas, unfortunately, but I did do my research. Oh, we had such a good time last time in Vegas. I know. I, conventions are soul-sucking, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but it seems to me that beauty really wants in on this tech space. So there were a couple things that came up and I was just like, you know what? I don't know if we need this in the world, but I'll run them by you. Okay. Let me know what you thought. Okay. Think. You saw the Neutrogena face masks, mm-hmm. right? So basically with the help of an app or not, depends on how good you want it to be. It scans your face to find its shape and then you send that information away and you get a sheet mask that is printed it's directly to fit your face and has areas of, you know, concern. It'll have different moisture where you need it kind and of thing. And is it all as, as part of this so that, you know, as, as a reaction to people feeling like face masks don't fit them well? I think it's not only that, but you know how people are multi-masking? multi-masking. Not with a sheet mask, but with a regular mask. You know, in the T-zone, I'll do a little clay to pull out impurities, but then on my cheeks, I'll do a moisturizing one. You can get all that in a yeah, sheet mask. I don't do that, but okay, yeah. Okay, so right there is my point. With that particular one, I was like, that's really cool. And then I was like, but do I need it? Mama ain't got time for that. Another one was um, Unilever played in this space before, but Cody is doing an augmented reality mirror for um, like salons. You know, sort of like Mata Face kind of thing. So you can try on hair. The other one I wanted to tell you about was L'Oreal's doing another skin sensor. Remember how we talked about the UV one? Mm -hmm. Which I did try, by the way. And I will say... It works, but, like, the app is annoying to pull out. And even though it's supposed to disappear into your life, like, it's just not a habit I could get into checking my sun exposure. So now they're coming up with one for pH, which I think makes more sense because then you you measure it once and then you know and you can adjust accordingly. Or, like, what is my pH this morning? Do I need a different cleanser? That kind of thing. Like, you're thinking about it when you're in front of the mirror washing your face. This is for serious skincare junkies. Right? And, like, yeah. how much can your pH differ that, like, wow, the whole reason my face looks like shit is because my pH was wrong and my cleanser was wrong for my pH that day. I'm not sure. I think there is a market of people who are super, I mean, like probably many of our listeners, people who are so obsessed with their skincare and maybe like, you know, estheticians who might really enjoy this kind of thing. Um, I haven't used these tools, but I do notice that like the threshold for using technology is maybe higher beauty technology than a lot of brands might think. That's what do you just mean what, higher? Like 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 the like the barrier to entry. Like I have in my apartment right now several gadgets that I have gotten for free mm-hmm. that are, you know, in their boxes or, you know, I've used once. And for me it's because I don't love the experience of using gadgets very much. Yeah. Uh, there's a few that I really do like, but by and large gadgets maybe i'm old school but like i like the intimacy like the feeling of like like beauty for me is like a respite from my day of like being attached to my phone being like at the computer excellent point because i was like okay even if it's your phone that is the gadget you're using and Mm -hmm. that's a gadget you're used to anyway when i put on products or when i sit in the salon chair when i'm applying moisturizer i want to get away from all that yeah i don't want to i don't want to know even like it's funny um when there all those like calorie tracking, sleep tracking devices first came out, I really was kind of intimidated and almost like threatened by, well, it's the same word, threatened by them because it's like, I know that I'm eating too much. I know I'm sleeping too little. <laughs> I don't want, I respect the device. I love the thinking behind it and like the minds behind it. Yeah. But like I... There's certain information like I don't want to know that my pH is jacked because I've used too much P50. I like putting on the P50 and feeling the stingle yeah. and seeing that like my face is glowing. Like I feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. I just don't know if those two worlds need to be as enmeshed as maybe companies think they need to be. Yeah. And I think there's also this thought like just because we can, we should. Exactly. (laughs) I don't don't know if we should. Yeah. Um, But I do want to keep beauty to be like that sacred space where like it's not invaded by all this stuff. Totally. There is one thing, though, that I read about at CES and I haven't seen it, but I heard that like Oral-B is doing something with like brushing. I kind of love the idea of brushing and technology because, you know, of our fear. Like, are we brushing well enough? Like, If you don't know our fear, Jess and I (laughs) – 
do we have halitosis? Tell us, please. <laughs> like, 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 if I didn't go all the way, if I need to brush longer, tell me. Yeah. Tell me. I will. It's the halitosis fear app. Yeah. That's not what it's called. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. If, if they can make a breathalyzer that's like, like, like you've got it. Yeah. It actually exists and I've tried it. Didn't oh, really? really? Yeah. It measures okay. sulfur co- compounds, but it's, oh. it wasn't super accurate. We tested it at work. Yes. Um, but the Oral-B, yeah. I use an electronic toothbrush. That's a good example of something somehow I'm willing to do it there, if not elsewhere. <laughs> but all right. We'll see where this goes. But check out CES and all the new stuff coming out and tell us if you like any of it. Jen, we talk a lot about the more glamorous aspects of the beauty industry on this podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't bring up an article that absolutely, like, has shook me. Tell shake me. me. Tell everyone. I'm shooketh. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm being funny. It was actually not funny at all. Um, it was in the business section of The Times over the holiday, and it was on the I was on the front page, and it was all about. I'll just give you the headline: a twenty one thousand dollars a twenty one thousand dollar cosmetology school debt and a nine dollar an hour job. And the net net of the the article, and, and I will put this on our Instagram and our blog, was all about how people are spending so much money, you know, upwards of twenty thousand dollars, to get a cosmetology certificate. And then they end up working in jobs that pay, you know, a minimum wage or less, like, you know, if you if you divide it out by the hours, to pay back the debt for these very expensive, sometimes predatory, you know, like unethical oh, yeah, cosmetology schools. Um, in the state of Iowa, it requires 2,100 hours to get their license. And I love this line. It says, an Iowa cosmetologist who has a heart attack can have her life saved by a medic with one sixteenth of her training. Because the EMTs only need a two-year degree and a certain number of hours to get licensed as an emergency medical technician fewer hours than it yes. takes to be a cop. Iowa is effed up is what I got from that <laughs> article. Do you know what it made me think of? So, for example, in New York State, mm-hmm. I believe a cosmetology license is 1,000 hours of work. And remember, you're paying for those hours because you're at school. Yeah, this isn't public school where, like, you have to sit there and, you know, suffer through it. You're paying to learn. And that's where that debt is accrued because – in order to get this license, you have to add up to that many hours. So it's only a thousand hours in New York, but it's still a problem because and of these, only it's still a thousand hours. Yeah, because these schools are expensive and can be as much as a community, way more than a community yes, college would way cost. More. What's funny about Iowa is, though, I remember editing a story about braiders oh, and, to get, mm-hmm, yeah. and something. I don't know what's going on in Iowa, but in order to get your braiding license, it was still the cosmetology license. It's this absurd numbers. Even if you're never going to cut hair, do skin care work or any of that, you still need this cosmetology license just to braid hair legally. And that's not even like a medical or cosmetology or esthetician yeah. type skill. There's like some lobby group going on there or something. What, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? I mean, it's what I love about there's so many things I love about the industry. I mean, like this is I'm speaking in such broad strokes here. But what I love about the cosmetology industry and the beauty industry is that it is such a way for so many different types. It's such a, you know, quote unquote, like democratic industry. You can be from many different types of backgrounds. It embraces so many different types of people. But a threshold of $20,000 to like get your foot in the door. And once you're there, it's this cruel joke like, haha, F you. You're going to work for $9 an hour at a, you know, crappy hair salon where your boss is horrible and you one of the parts, this very long article, one of the moments in the article is this person like is in a snowstorm at their crappy salon and they don't even have a client. It's like when you're a waitress and you go, you make this crappy minimum wage. It's not even the real minimum wage because you're waiting to like, you know, you're making your, your money yeah. on tips. It's like, it's a downward spiral. There's, It's really not a way up where the beauty industry for so many people is a way out of it's a way to a better life and for many it's a way out of a life where like maybe they're not going to like an amazing you know leafy liberal arts college for you know sixty thousand dollars a year like it is an incredible step up and it's very often for like artistically inclined people it's very often for people who are working a job and this is their other job i think about a story like um you know, Harry Josh's story, which is like one of our most popular episodes. 
um, he wasn't looking at cosmetology school and like as this like way out of something bad. He was he was passionate about hair, but like his story is not the kind of cookie cutter story. Um, Bernadette Thompson, her story is not a cookie cutter story. Who else? Like Jen Atkin, like you know, th- none of their stories were like, well, I saved up my twenty five thousand dollars, and then I like mm-hmm. everything is kind of like a creative way into this incredible industry, and then they thrived, and I really wonder about how many people can access this dream. Yeah, I also wonder I also want to say that we the beauty consumers are culpable in this because for example, a $9 an hour job, that's why a supercuts or whatever, I don't even know if that's a brand name, you're paying is, $10 yeah. for a haircut, $15 for a haircut, you're completely not paying for the amount of skill that you're getting. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a problem with nail salons in large cities yeah. as well. Yeah, it's a good you, point. You guys, you're getting a $10 manicure. Think about the math on that. You were there for 45 minutes. That woman had to go to school or that man had to go to school and pay for school for that. We're willing to pay like $7 for a fancy coffee drink. No joke, right? If you mm-hmm. get all the add-ons or whatever. Yeah. And then you, a, a manicure more than $10 and you balk at it. So I feel like we have to also remember um, that it's worth paying for these services because we're paying not just for the feeling that we get while we have it, but all the schooling that that person went to and, and getting their license to make sure that it, they're doing it safely. Um, and yeah. these schools, too, have their predatory, like that whole Trump Academy. Like when you're paying that much money <laughs> yeah. to a school, you really have to look and make sure you're choosing the right one and that you're not getting taken advantage of. Yes. Yeah. I think um, that's a great point. Like my my rant is not to say, like, you know, this is not a great route. I still believe that a career in beauty is an incredible thing to you know pursue and be proud of. Look at all of our guests. But just like buyer beware, really check out the mm-hmm. school and, you know, just have your eyes open and like respect beauty professionals. And don't move to Iowa. No, I'm just kidding. That's JK, not JK, JK, JK. We love our Iowa listeners. <laughs> um, but no, I, I hope that this shed some light on the issue and maybe we'll see some changes. Yeah. And if you work in the beauty industry and you want to tell us about your experience, please hit us up. We'd be, we would really be keen to hear about it. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey Love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be Honey Love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. 
Honey Love's Super Power Shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Okay, everyone... I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there. When I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. So we're here with Shireen Idris, a dermatology, a dermatology. You're just dermatology. <laughs> I'm all of dermatology. <laughs> a dermatologist at Union Square Dermatology. She's also the woman behind Pillow Talk, which is your Instagram story where you answer everybody's questions. Yep. Your husband walks around the background in pajamas. Poor man. Poor I love man. it. So we wanted to bring you here, obviously, to talk about skin, but specifically about the eye area. We had our listeners write in questions. We have questions. So hopefully you're up for it. Welcome to Fat Mascara. Thank you. I'm so excited to be Welcome. here. Welcome. Thank you. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So before we get into all of these questions about eyes, like just about you yourself, I wanted to know how you got into dermatology. Honestly, you look like you're 17, so Aww. I'm not even sure you have a medical degree. But oh, tell no, us. Thank you. About that. Oh, my like, gosh. How, how old is this woman? I'm sleep deprived and I have a one-year-old at home. So cute. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not 17, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, well, derm- I mean, it's just one of the most fascinating fields. I've always had more artistic inclinations, and I honestly thought I was going to go into plastic surgery at first. But then I found my way into dermatology randomly because my sister got sick, and I went with her to a dermatologist, and she had, like, this really bad case of eczema. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, this is kind of cool. Like, you know, she actually wants to help herself. And I started asking more questions and learning more about it. And then I just started shadowing her. This was an undergrad, the dermatologist at the time. And from there, my interest just grew and grew and grew and grew. So, yeah, it kind of was like I f- it found my way. I found my way into it. It found itself into me. I don't know. But, yeah. So when you, I mean, you've been on the circuit for, I said that you look very young, but you have been on the circuit for a while. We've known about you for some time. Uh-huh. What do people ask you most? I mean, I see you around at events and everything. What are people asking you? After they pull down their pants? Yeah. <laughs> Does that happen? I've had a few people, can we go to the bathroom, like at a social event? And I'm to like, show you something. I was like, uh. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> you know? so awkward. It happens. I bet you other dermatologists have had the same experience. I don't think I'm unique in gross. that aspect. Oh, I shouldn't say gross. I mean, <laughs> that's great that they feel comfortable enough. And you know what? Yeah, people get into everyone, it pretty quick. Ev- yeah, everyone has problems. We all have problems. Okay, so <laughs> what do people ask you most as, you know, throughout all your years of being a dermatologist? I think so now more and more it's much more cosmetic. 
So mm-hmm. people, when they first see me, it's like, how can you fix my face? <laughs> like, that's probably like the most common They question. give you a blank canvas, like, like how can fix you, this? How can you fix my face? Well, that's depressing. Yeah. So I kind of look at them like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And so we kind of go from there. But I probably get the most questions about like fillers and Botox, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. at social events. Interesting. Well, people are always asking us, like, you know, readers write in and when we go places, it for me, it's always eye questions. Like under eye circles comes up all the time. And that's sort of what inspired what we wanted to ask you about. Sure. So you probably get these questions, too, I'm guessing. Probably. Okay. So first up, and this came from so many of our readers. Um, I love the one. Readers or listeners. Readers, like, listeners, followers. Yeah. Maybe they read the blog. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. One of them put it this way. Is eye cream legit or just a more expensive version of moisturizer? <laughs> but what I think she meant was, do we need eye cream? Like, is it any different? Can't we just put our regular thing around our eyes? What do you think? So, I mean, everybody can use eye cream, right? It's not like one person can use it more than another person or one skin type can use it less than another skin type. I think everybody should be hydrating around their eyes as a preventative measure. Now, does it have to be eye cream per se? I mean, it's up to you. So if you're just looking for straight up hydration, I love Vaseline. Super cheap, super simple. It's not even an eye cream. It's not marketed as such. I don't even think they even care to market it as such. Um, But I use it all the time in the winter. But if you're looking for other active ingredients like anti-aging stuff, if you're looking for more potent antioxidants or peptides or whatever it is, then they're probably at a stronger concentration in those eye creams themselves. So... It depends what you're looking for. Why are they in a higher concentration just because it's eye cream? Probably because it's a thinner area. I mean, the skin around the eyes is super thin. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably loaded in that particular ingredient. You know? Because you're going to use less of it, so uh-huh. they make it more concentrated. More concentrated. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a good reason. You know, uh, The follow-up was that a lot of people were like, well, what about retinoids or more active things that could cause sensitivity elsewhere? They, they want to know if they can use those around their eyes. I mean, I, I recommend it. I tell my patients all the time to try retinoids around because it helps with the fine lines. Mm. But I also warn them you might get a little bit more sensitive. You get might get a little bit irritated. So make sure you're also moisturizing to Before, kind of protect your skin afterwards. Afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So eye cream isn't just more expensive moisturizer in a littler tube. It might be more concentrated. It might be if it's just a simple moisturizer. Right. I would tell you look for things with active ingredients. Don't just go for like a $500 eye cream Mm -hmm. moisturizer. Right. You know? That's a waste. Yeah. So I have a question that was echoed. This is a personal question for me. And this is, I have to say, like almost like half the questions were about this. Dark circles. Mm -hmm. I'm like almost purpley gray underneath. Like if I'm not wearing concealer, I'm I'm not, my concealer's all worn off now. It's purpley gray. I think that's dark circles. But then there's other kinds of discoloration. I'm sure lots of people come to you and they're like, what do I do about this? No eye cream is working, right? All the time. So can we just, like, define what dark dark circles are? Because some people think it's, like, I didn't sleep, and then some people think it's, like, just the Mm -hmm. skin. What what, what is going on? So there's really two types that you want to differentiate. Mm -hmm. The first is whether or not it's actual pigmentation. And usually that's hereditary, and that's, like, kind of gives you, like, a brownish... Um, grayish kind of hue under around, under your eyes and even above your eyes. Mm. Um, certain ethnic backgrounds tend to have it more than others. The other type is whether or not it's an actual shadow, whether or not the vasculature under your eyes is more perceptible than other people. I don't know what I am. So the easiest test I always tell people to do is just to lay flat with an overhead light. And okay. when you look in the mirror, do you still see those circles or not? If they oh. disappear, they're most likely shadowing. And that's probably with the vasculature, et cetera. If they don't disappear, then it's pigmentation. Okay. So I, it's just a quick little test. Super easy to do. I do it all the like, seriously all day that's long. That's really interesting. Yeah, because you, you got to differentiate what it is. So how do we treat both of those issues? So when it comes to pigmentation, it's unfortunately a little bit harder than shadowing. This mm. is the one that doesn't disappear when you... Yeah. Look, okay. Yeah. When it's actual color in the skin, like pigment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to look for... Creams with brightening agents, whether mm-hmm. that's niacin, kojic acid, um, antioxidants like vitamin C. Mm-hmm. The same stuff you would use on like an age spot. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily going to help it disappear as fast in, as an age spot. 
but it will definitely help brighten overall. Okay. Um, even some eye creams have something called mica in them mm-hmm. that help reflect the light. Sure. Um, so you want to look for things like that. That's a temporary fix, though, just like blurring the look the of it. The mica. Right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But not the other stuff. The other stuff is going to help brighten overall and reduce the pigment that's being produced by the cells. Are there any that you like with those brighteners that you... Yeah, I'm so... So recently, I'm really into the Ole Henriksen. Mm-hmm. The um, banana... God, I'm so bad with names. Um, banana. It's like a banana bright eye cream that has vitamin C in it. Hmm. But it's the first time that I used an eye cream and I'm not endorsed by anyone or sponsored by anyone. Um, But it's the first time that I use an eye cream where literally within like an hour or two, I start noticing it fills in the fine lines. It helps brighten the area. It's Mm -hmm. almost like a really good primer to concealer. Mm. It's great. It's Ooh, really wonderful. And that probably keeps you using it. So yeah, cool. I've, I've really been into it. Um, the other one is Naya 24. Mm. They have niacin in them. And it does. I think they have. I don't know if there's mica in that one, but it really does brighten right away. Um, but those are probably my two big ones. For pigmentation. Yeah. Now let's talk shadows. So yeah. <laughs> shadows, yeah. the dark side. Um, <laughs> basically, you want to look for things. So either you want to wonder, do you have allergies? Are you congested? You know, if those are things that are going on with you, then you want to also treat them medically because it might actually help by moving the lymphatic fluid, by emptying your sinuses, by taking antihistamines. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. Number two, if you're fine, totally healthy, but they're just always there, then you want to try to constrict those vasculatures. Things that can constrict are things with caffeine. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of eye creams with caffeine. I actually like Neocutis if you're going to ask me which one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great one. And actually put it in the fridge. So the cold temperature of the mm. cream plus the caffeine is going to help constrict those blood vessels. Um, so, so the bluish shadowiness underneath your skin gets tighter and disappears. Exactly. Not disappears or looks less yeah. bluish. Okay. Yeah. So it's not as translucent. So, you know, hmm. okay. right. it'll look better. Uh, but those are probably things you can do to help yourself. Other quick fixes are like putting two spoons in the fridge. You know, then using the backside right. to help kind of cool the eyes. You don't need to buy a fancy jade roller. Just use the back. Oh, my <laughs> right, God, jade right. rollers. But jade rollers might also help a little bit with lymphatic drainage, but it's yeah. not going to be your end-all miracle. Right. Um, or using even cold tea bags that you've dipped in water. Mm-hmm. That caffeine can actually help as well. Okay. And what about if you're puffy? So, like that baggy, puffy. Un- it's not a so circle. It's like a. It's like a banana. Talking the pillows. About bananas. Yeah, it's like a little pillows. Yeah, the that's pillows. Nice. It's a nicer way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are usually genetic. You know, they're usually fat pads that you have under your eyes that herniate through. And depending on how you're aging, whether herniated fat pads yeah, sounds horrible. I know they pop out, um, but not just that. But your bone structure changes as well. So you get wider along your orbital rim, meaning the bone around your eyeballs Mm -hmm. gets wider as you get wiser in life. Uh, Get wiser? (laughs) I've been attacked once when I said get older. but um, And basically the fat pads have nothing to rest against. And so they poof out a little bit. Interesting. Oh, that's funny. You know? Okay. So your bones are changing, not just your skin. Oh, yeah. So when you think of aging, it's like I always tell my patients it's five things you want to think of. One is lines on your forehead. Mm-hmm. Two is volume loss. Three is skin discoloration. Four is like the elasticity of your skin. Mm-hmm. And five is the skeletal structure. And I can't do anything for your bone structure. So number yeah. five, no one can really help. No bueno. Yeah. <laughs> so number five is you're on your own. Num- one through four, we can work together on. Okay. But yeah. So you're going to take out these fat pads? What are you going to do? So I mean, the ultimately, you know, the, the most definitive answer is probably surgical. You know, if you really want to get rid of them, if you're not somebody who wants to go under the knife, but you still want an in-office procedure, depending on your bone structure, you can mask them with fillers um, or try to lift around it to kind of really minimize their appearance. Uh And if that's also something you just don't want to do, then you want to try to do things that are going to help to depuff. So also caffeine can help. Um, Certain ingredients like uh, chamomile can also help. Um, turmeric has also been shown to help a little bit. So things but like that. But if you have like big fat pads, that's not going to help. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were like, well, is, can an eye cream work really? And I think what I hear you saying is like when it's that intensive of a change that you want, you got to go to the yeah, doctor. It's I genetic. Think, I'm know, thinking of somebody I know with big fat pads. I'll tell you this. I think with <laughs> all skincare yeah. and all eye cream, and it's a big statement. I think the most effect you're going to get is when you're younger and it's more preventative. Once you've already reached the stage where it's really an issue, mm-hmm. don't expect miracles from a jar. Mm. Womp, Wise words. Womp, womp, womp. I know it's horrible. <laughs> no, no, but no, but it's like, like thank you for your honesty. I mean, that's that's just what I've seen over and over yeah. again. So I just don't think it's fair for patients to kind of lead them on. Right. Okay. 
You were you ready for this list of people that asked about this mm-hmm. next thing? We got mm-hmm. Catherine, Christine, Janie, Cassie, Kelly, Krista, Hayden. That was just like just, just a few. Just a few people asked about Milia. Oh god. And then we had a couple of listeners. <laughs> Janie, Lisa, I'm looking at you. <laughs> they wanted to know if they could remove it on their own. No. What, one girl was even like, oh, can I just get a needle and pop it? Ew. First up, what is milia? How do you distinguish it from something else? And how do you treat it? Okay, so milia is basically a small, tiny, minuscule, tiny baby little cyst. Meaning it's a ball of stuff. <laughs> okay, to be <laughs> That's a medical term. A <laughs> ball of stuff <laughs> under the surface of the skin. So basically, yeah, it's... It's just a small little white head. It has never been exposed to air, so it doesn't turn black. It's protected. It has a little sac, and the stuff is inside that sac, and it's under the surface of the skin. And it's really hard to get rid of yourself. I mean, unless you have a pain tolerance of I don't know what, and you're able to poke your face with a needle and really just pop it out. I mean, I would not so recommend it. So they're not it. squeezable like a white head? No, no, they're not squeezable because they're firm, and they're like There's like a little teeny tiny like they're non-Perel tiny from like a chocolate in there? <laughs> Or a Perel, whatever they're called. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, kind of. It's like so, t- do you take them out of people? So, what I what I usually like to do is I like to burn them with a hyphricator, just to kind of to the, to have them involute and shrink. I have a hyphricator. Hyper- Can do? we just tell people just don't do it? Just go just to the doctor. Do I don't want. I don't even want yeah. you to no, tell no, them how you said. do it. Yeah, like just don't do it. No, but what does does that cauterize it? Kind of. It causes it to kind of involute and just it just your body has, breaks it up and it dissolves it. Is Are some like, people more um, prone to them? Absolutely. Because I feel like people who get them get them. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, a, I, I think like it's UTIs. A, it's a, <laughs> sure. It's the UTI of, and UTIs. No, you know what I mean? It's like the UTI when people, of dermatology. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think people are definitely more prone to them. I think there is a genetic factor to it. Um, in combination, other people might be using really occlusive things. Coconut oil is like one of those big things people love, but I just think it's so occlusive. Mm-hmm. So it could um, cause these teeny tiny cysts to form if you're just because you're over moisturizing. Yeah, and if you're blood. prone. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So go to the doctor. Is it very expensive? Like if at a regular medical dermatologist to get those removed? Not. I mean, it's usually like let's say a hundred bucks for several to get removed all okay. at once. It's not like crazy. You but know? it's not like something your insurance would cover. Probably it's purely. Well, they're it's not cosmetic. Pa- they don't really do anything. They're, they're not just, dangerous. They're just there. They're like Aww, baby barnacles. Oh. <laughs> um. So okay. Here's another one. So upper eyelids. Is there a way? To make them less saggy, I can't think of a nicer word for this, <laughs> without having an eye lift. Is there any topical thing oh. that we can put on? First of all, you should stop rubbing your eyes. The way you mean this is it. not a flattering this look if you guys could only see me. I'm giving myself a manual. I don't know Actually, what you look like. There's, wait, there's, a, there's a part B of this question that you just introduced. Is touching your face, like what I just did, like I lifted my eye, my uh-huh. my brows up. Can that actually progress aging? I think rubbing your eyes absolutely can. Okay. Well, that's out of the way. Let's go back to the upper eyelid question. <laughs> okay. Upper eyelids. Is there a way to make them less saggy with products? You know, I think I know my answer. No, listen, there's two types of eyelids. You have like the hooded bedroom eye, which is much harder to like lift, for example, compared to like the crepey, thinner skinned eyelid. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, the ones who have the crepier, thinner skin, I think are probably going to be more responsive. To creams and treatments. And what kind? Are you talking about the eyelid, eyelid, eyelid. where you put like shadow on? Yeah, like the whole thing. Even when it droops, right? Some okay. people droop crepey and some people droop heavy. Mm-hmm. You know? If you're drooping crepey, then you might be more responsive to whether it's retinols, peptides. Okay. Um, you know, even vitamin C as an antioxidant. Um, all of those topicals that affect the under eyes, mm-hmm. your upper eyes will be more responsive to it. And so you're using, oh, sorry, you're using eye cream all over this oh, area? Yeah. I, okay. yeah, I think that's a mis- People just that's kind of focus. Yeah. That's a good question. They focus on the lower lid. Mm-hmm. I kind of dab all around okay. just to make sure because you want to feed the upper skin too. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get saggy upper lids. Okay. Like I used to do liquid liner and then I just started noticing on one of my eyes when I look up straight, you can't see the liner anymore. So I'm like, oh, that must be a saggy thing. So I'm going to put my oh, cream up there. But it's not yeah, just yeah, the lid. Saying. You also want to wonder if it's dropping from the brow. Oh, wow. I never thought about a, that. You're losing volume laterally from your temples. And that oh. usually holds the edge of the brow up. So as you get older, the first signs of aging are in your temples. And so when that goes, it's like a domino effect. The brows kind of drop. And as the brows Do you know drop, how much filler is in my temples? So I don't think that's the <laughs> issue. I literally look like one of those stress balls when you ske- squeeze it and the stuff pops out. She puts like a bazillion syringes of filler in my temples for some reason. That's probably the reason, right? Probably. But All you right. look great. Well, 
Dr. Waldorf's doing a good job. She's okay. doing a great job. Here is a very controversial question that we got very often. Lash-enhancing serums, are okay. they safe? So people asked both about the over-the-counter ones. Specifically, I know Rodan and Fields had some issues. There was some lawsuit. Somebody mentioned that. Um, then there's other lash-enhancing serums that are for growth or for darkening your lashes that aren't prescription. And then, of course, there's like Latisse. So what's the difference between those two? Are they safe and do they work? So Latisse is a prescription strength. Um, the other ones, over-the-counter ones, are probably infused with like vitamins and nutrients, et cetera, that supposedly help hair growth. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's really been proven is up for debate. They're like um, hair conditioners. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Whereas Latisse was actually a medication used for glaucoma, which you probably know. Mm-hmm. And just as a random side effect, they're like, oh, these patients have beautiful lashes. <laughs> and so they realized that we should probably also use it for people who have hypotrichosis, which is when they have less lashes on their eyelids. It obviously took a cosmetic turn, and now people just use them to enhance their lashes because it increases the growth cycle of your hair. Okay. So it makes your hair grow longer for a longer period of time. So a lot of people have heard about the side effects, like if you have a light-colored iris, it might darken it, or maybe it irritates. One somebody brought up that wrote into us was about fat atrophy in your eye yeah. area. Have you heard about that? Absolutely. I always warn about it. But you what want that fat mean? around there, right? So that's it's a really good question up for debate. Um, not really up for debate, but depending on the patient that's in front of you. So number one, yes, it does. It has a potential of darkening your actual eye color. Mm-hmm. Number two, it can darken the skin around your eyes, like the eyelids. And so that's okay because that's reversible. If you stop it, it will go back to normal, whereas your eye color itself will not. So you have to be careful if you have very light eyes. And this is like terrible. It's it's not for everyone. It has a risk. But can you imagine if you have beautiful like alpine blue eyes and then like you? I have I have like a green. You do. Oh, well, from I here they look blue. Oh. I have shit brown eyes. So keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but no, but what is this fat thing? This is so let's the talk fat about thing that. Is they've also noticed in hindsight. So they didn't. Re- so I think there was like a paper in 2012 that came out, and then it kind of triggered everything, mm-hmm. where. Patients often use it on both eyes, so they didn't realize. Some patients are only using it on one eye, and then they noticed that there was a deepening of the sulcus, meaning the upper eyelid. It's called the sulcus? Sulcus. We've we've wanted a word for that for a while. Okay, go on. And they've also noted some fat atrophy, meaning shrinkage, on the lower lid. Wow. In older patients, right, who basically have that really heavy hooded upper lid and fat pad herniations, it looks pretty good. You're like, wow, this is like a (laughs) surgery in a bottle. Wow. But you have to be careful when you're younger and you already have that, you know, receding, you know, upper eyelid. Oh, wow. And you don't have a fat pad. Your eyeballs can look like they're bugging out. Wow. Like you have some kind of thyroid disorder if it's overly done. So you just have to be careful about it. You know, you have to warn patients about it. Is it, if it starts to happen to someone, is it reversible or no? It's a good question. Honestly, I'd have to look. I mean, I've never really seen it myself. I don't mm-hmm. give Latisse that much. Okay. Um, but prob- I mean, over time, it will probably get a little bit better, but I don't think it's completely reversible. Yikes. Okay. Um, wow. That's some food for thought. I do think that sometimes people don't realize that like cosmetic drugs are drugs. I, I mean, people don't realize that cosmetic procedures are medical procedures. Yeah. Like they want to, I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was like, you want to massify it. Like mainstream it. But it's not like a McDonald's drive through I know. Where you're going to be like, yeah. can I get, you know, two units of Botox <laughs> and like maybe have a wrestling? And like, you know, it's just not, that's not what, you know, like you really have to go to a provider who knows the risks yeah. of everything involved. Um, or at a lighter note, let's <laughs> talk about like makeup. And I, and, you know, this is, it's in your wheelhouse because it has to do with the skin. But a lot of people have complained that like no matter what they do, they put their eye makeup on in the morning. Then their lids get so oily and their makeup is, you know, all over their face by even midday. Do you have any advice for them or even personally something that's worked for you since you understand how the skin works? <laughs> um, I think you want to work. I mean, you can have dry skin and oily eyelids mm-hmm. and you can have oily skin and oily eyelids. So first things first is you just want to make sure you're also checking yourself. Are you super stressed? You know, is there anything else going on? Why are your eyelids all of a sudden super oily? So just make sure, you know, you're not just trying to like put a bandaid on the issue. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're trying to dry out your eyelids, maybe washing your face with a benzoyl peroxide wash might help dry your eyelids out a little bit. It might dry your face as well. So just be careful. Yeah. Um, have blotting paper on you to make mm. sure that you're using those throughout the day. Um, I would probably avoid metallic eyeshadows because they're going to crease and look you know, lumpy and clumpy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
And then also a lot of people, and this is something I'm totally obsessed with, makeup artists often come on the podcast and they give different tips and they're like, you just want to pop this on your waterline? And I'm like, hell to the no. I'm not. <laughs> I've had I've had two styes in my life that made me look like Quasimodo <laughs> and like the styes popped up like after I tried some like cute waterline look. Do you have any advice? I know you're not an ophthalmologist, but like about waterline looks, do you really think that that's something people can do safely? I mean... You're a doctor. I, I I would tell you, like, know yourself and know what you can and cannot mm-hmm. do. And if you don't mm-hmm. think you can do it, don't do it. So I, you know, as somebody who I have, like, I think I'm being, like, too, too dramatic about this. I'm making it sound like these big, like, gaping, like, long, <laughs> like, big under eye circles. But I do feel like I have very, like, sunken under eyes. And people have said to me, either other dermatologists or just, like, other people, like, you know, you should, you know, you can get filler there. And I am, like, back away because I have heard horror stories about, you know, I think this maybe this is, like, one dermatological story that's just gotten, like, bounced around. But, like, someone going blind or somebody getting it, like, injected in the wrong area and things went, like, horribly awry. I understand that this area is not really, like, kosher to inject in. Can you, like, clear this? Can you clear this up? I know people are doing it. I mean, I inject I know you. I know you do. You know. I know, all germs do. Yeah. So but it's, it's, like, still kind of, like, or wasn't it taboo at one, one point? I think— there's no it's for example what's taboo for me is the nose which I just don't care to inject you know like the liquid rhinoplasty Mm -hmm. but for the under eyes I really think what you really need to land on is a dermatologist or a physician or a provider who's certified um, who understands the facial anatomy and that bone structure that we were talking about because not everybody is a candidate for under eye filler Mm -hmm. Um, when I first look at a face and if I think that person needs filler in their under eyes, it's usually not the main issue. They've probably lost volume laterally. Mm. And you want to try to lift the face first before... Like what you're saying with the temples. Exactly. Before addressing just the under eyes. I don't just want to squeeze a syringe of filler under your eyes and have you like poof out, you know? I think that people think that's how it works. That's, that's, yeah, you, some people do that. And then the patient ends up looking poofed out. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and you're like, oh my God, I never want to have it done because you only see bad work. You never really notice good work. It goes unnoticed. So I think trying to lift the face around it and then slowly adding very, like I'm talking about baby amounts to slowly soften it. And that's going to help minimize the appearance of that shadow that we talked about earlier Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because you're giving a cushion there. So the light is not reflecting on the skin as much and it's not going to bounce back and give that blue effect. So filler can definitely help, but it just depends on whether or not you're a candidate. Is it FDA approved for... um is, is filler FDA approved for that area? It depends on the filler. But yeah. I think Bellatero is probably one of the only ones and then everything else is like off-label. Um, is that something that people should be feel uncomfortable? I mean, obviously, and you're not uncomfortable doing it. And you just said that like some derms or, you know, skilled derms are qualified to do that. But I think when some people hear like it's not FDA approved for X, Y, and Z, they may feel someone who's not like super savvy about fillers, they may feel like, okay, that's not, I shouldn't do that. I mean, like, what's your take? Or can you explain that? Three quarters of dermatology is not FDA approved. Okay. You know, most of the medication we use is not FDA approved Mm -hmm. for that reason. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you go back and look at the studies, it was probably designed by some person who has no aesthetic, (laughs) you know what I mean? Inclination and was like, let's put filler in the defects and just start, you know what I mean? And they got acceptance and then that's just what they based the study on. And so that's what they had to get approval on. Mm -hmm. But you kind of have to take a step back and be in somebody's hands who knows the anatomy, who understands the areas, and who understands where they can and cannot go. And just since you brought it up and you piqued my interest, why do you not like filler or Botox for the nose area? Filler for the nose filler. area. Because the nose area is a little bit more um, unpredictable. And you have a lot of end arteries, number one, meaning it's the tip of an artery. You don't have as many connections between arteries. Mm -hmm. And you also have some areas where there's backflow into the eye area. So you can end up getting um, skin death called necrosis. Mm -hmm. And you can also end up, there have been cases where people have gone blind. And so for me, I'm like, if you're... that's number one. Those because filler, filler drip back into the place it, it wasn't go, supposed to be. If it goes into the artery, it can oh, backflow. Oh, There's some weird. backflow. Um, so those are probably the biggest safety reasons. But mm-hmm. more from like an aesthetic point of view, when you get filler in that area, it's such a non-dynamic area that it can linger. 
Mm. And over time, I think if you're trying to get a certain look, it can also start to widen the appearance of your nose and your nasal bridge. So my whole thing is do it, but do it right. Just go get a surgery. Find a plastic <laughs> surgeon who yeah. works, who, you know, who you like their style, you like their aesthetic, you trust and have them work on your nose and just do it once and be done. You know, because it's only if I if that person is injecting the nose as much as as I inject faces every day, it's a matter of time until you run into a complication. It's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. It's all a numbers game. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just not something that I want to I want to go to sleep at night. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go home and worry about it. Mm-hmm. OK, before we let you go to sleep, a couple last <laughs> questions. Let's talk products. One of them being sunscreen. A lot of people want to use sunscreen near their eyes, but it stings. What sunscreens do you like? I honestly use mostly physical blockers and they don't sting. So the one I'm using now is the SkinCeuticals UV Defense. Love it. Oh, and that's I, the tinted one, right? Uh-huh. It's yeah. so lightweight. It's such an elegant formulation. You put It feels a little oily when you first put it on, but then it gets absorbed super quick. Um, and yeah, it's great. And I put it around my eyes, on my upper eyelids, lower eyelids. So you can safely put sunscreen yeah. around your eyes. Just look for a physical. A physical blocker. Because I'm very sensitive. I usually like tear. Like when right. I was younger at the beach and I had the sunblock and whatever. But with this, it's fine. So no avobenzone, no oxybenzone, exactly. benzene, anything that ends with like any. Ean. own, Ean. Exactly. Can we ask you about your own beauty stuff? Yeah. Okay. What do you ask? What's going on with your hair here? Like My the, hair. The color's gorgeous. Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all my color. It's my hair. There are no extensions. But I was like, I, wait, is that fake hair? No, it's my hair hair. What are some of your favorite hair products? Um, I love the Kerastase, you know. Ooh, I like how you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then I don't know. I'm not like a, I'm pretty low maintenance, but I just like the smell of this. I don't know if, I don't know how you say this. Orib. Oribe, Orbe, Orbe, Orbe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that one. The texturizing hairspray. Yeah, oh, yeah, it very just nice. smells so good. It like makes me happy. <laughs> just so I use one. that. Mm-hmm. And what about makeup? So makeup. So I have like three eyebrows, <laughs> like hair. Mm-hmm. So I use Kevin O'Quinn. <laughs> I not three eyebrows, three eyebrow hairs. Mm-hmm. But I use Kevin O'Quinn. Mm-hmm. Their pen. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, and then what I love better than sex mascara mm-hmm. is Too that faced? Too faced. Too faced. Yeah. yeah. Um, I use the Laura Mercier, the tinted moisturizer. Wait, I gotta ask now. So you have a little bit of an accent. Do you speak French, Spanish, all of the above? Where what's going on here? Because you sound beautiful when you pronounce all sweet. of these. I'm so I'm originally Lebanese. Okay. Born and raised in DC. And how many languages do you speak? I went to a French school my whole life. Aha. And I had to learn Spanish at school as well. Okay. So Arabic, and do you speak Arabic? Arabic, French, Sp- English, Spanish. She speaks four languages. <laughs> Just checking. Okay, kind of go broken. On. Not perfectly. My, my mom would like, be mm-hmm. like, I don't know, object. No, no. Mm-hmm. Back to the Laura Mercier. Laura, mm-hmm. Laura Mercier. No, no, you said it great. <laughs> I was just like, wait, uh, I don't know. Their tinted moisturizer is great. It's oh, super I lightweight. I yeah. love it. Um, it's just easy. And then I use a MAC brown pen literally on my eyelid upper eyelid and mm-hmm. then I actually use it in the crease of my eye in the sulcus mm. and take a brush and just brush it all over. Oh cool. So but it's use, an eyeliner but you it's an use eyeliner it. but I use it as a shadow. Interesting. I have one pen. In the sulcus. Uh-huh. What if makeup artists start talking to us about the sulcus? <laughs> How do you spell that? S-U-L-C-U-S. Sulcus. I love that. So it's where you would have a crease if you have a crease. It's but like not, here. It's like the yeah eye. but not everybody has a crease so it's a much clearer way to describe that area of your face. Yes, that, Separation. Because even at someone who might have a monolid, a hooded lid, they want a sulcus. They want a sulcus. So that's what um, Linda Evangelista said. I think Francois Nars called it a banana, the banana of the eye. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, on the show. Um, Now, can we talk about your skincare? Oh, hold on. One more. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You know what I love? The Westman Atelier. Oh. Oh, I knew that that highlighter. Okay. It's yeah, not, I haven't tried it's it. It's not like a crazy about. highlighter, but yeah. you put it on, and I swear people think I'm like walking with a filter. The one in the round c- compact, it's the black one. I think I actually have it in my bag. I'll I will, show you. I will find out and put a link on the blog for everybody. I so will you. show it to you right now. That's, when we, when we're that's lovely. It's great. Oh, and lip. Sorry, we. I don't. I use oh, Walida skin food. Okay. I just I'm a little quote unquote based. <laughs> I made up that term, but like I just put a lot on actually while I'm doing my skincare and mm-hmm. my makeup. And towards like the end of the 10 minutes, it takes me like 10 minutes to get ready from maybe seven, eight minutes. It just becomes translucent and anything excess I blot off with mm-hmm. Kleenex. But they I just I started making a lip balm version of the skin food. It did just they? came out. Yeah. I did not I'm know I'm going to have to send you some as a thank you for Aww. coming on Fat Mascara. You were going to ask her about a skincare, yeah? Yeah, skincare. So skincare, so the PM, my PM routine is like my main routine because I think that's when you really have to take care of your skin. So I always... Take my makeup off. I use um, the Bioderma micellar water. Um, then I use Vanicream face wash, which mm-hmm. is super easy, really cheap, nothing, nothing special. 
After I've taken my face off, I use a serum. Right now, I'm using the Definage, which has defensins in it that stimulate your own stem cells to kind of help with your skin. Oh, I need to get um, on that. My skin's been too sensitive this winter, so I've kind of laid off the retinols for just now. Um, and then after I use the serum, I use the Ole Henriksen eye cream. And then I either use the Walida skin food or if I'm feeling, you know, I use La Prairie. I know it's expensive, but I love it. The Which one? Art of Filler, Skin Ooh. Caviar Filler Cream. Ooh. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's it. And then in the morning, I Simple. wake up, wash my face with water, use vitamin C, use the Walida, and then sunscreen. I like it. Four steps. That's it. We you can don't be like more. you too. That's awesome. I want to be like you. <laughs> so was there anything we didn't ask you that we should have asked you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did our job. We, we, I think it's I think it's a home run. <laughs> I think you guys are good. Thank you so much for answering our Thank listeners' you. questions and our questions. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Cue the music. It's time to raise a wand. Raise it. Okay, I'm raising a wand to a mascara. Oh, okay. Which just feels right to start off the new year. Sure, do it. fat mascara. Go for it. I'm pretty sure I've never raised a wand to this because you know how picky I am about mascaras. I know. I think I have one that finally has trumped the blink tubing mascara when I've made the switch. Okay. It's Glossier. Okay. I'm sorry. Why are you sorry? Because it's hyped. And I like, but I believe the hype. Is it the lash lick one? I think it's their only mascara. You know me. I'm such a contrarian. If everybody likes it, I don't want to hear about it. But Mm -hmm. I've now heard stories about models um, that are bringing it to set because it's the only one that they know doesn't smudge. That's funny. Um, Specifically women with an Asian lid where the lashes point downward. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I had a makeup artist friend and she was saying that like she started to put regular mascara on the girl's like, literally you can't you're painting my skin so lash slick for some reason sticks and doesn't transfer and for me who's someone is everything smudges this is like the only one these days that really isn't smudging okay i will say as jess says you're not going to bring the drama with this one this is no l'oreal voluminous like it's definitely it's, not a drama it's not really thickening mascara. it's basically just darkening and separating if that makes sense so i don't know i I know it's gotten a lot of hype, but I really think it's worth it for people who have problems with smudging. It's like a lash tint. It's like a lash tint. But like, you know, I curl my lashes first because that also gives it a little eye opener. Yeah. And then sort of just set it with that. And it's been working for me. Okay. Okay. What are you raising a wand to? All right. I am raising a a wand to a cushion foundation. I never liked cushion foundations. Who are we in the new year? I don't know. Mascara? A cushion product? Okay. It's Clay to Pose Radiant Cushion Foundation. It, okay. When I put this on, people have been complimenting my skin left and right. It really makes your skin so dewy, but it also gives you really nice coverage. It says sheer to medium coverage. I think that's about right in the description. I have to put it on. I have to do like a two. I have to go over my face twice to get that medium do, coverage. Do you press your fingers on the spongy cushion? How's it work? I use the little applicator that comes with it. Oh, okay. And then I put. I don't know. I don't put my fingers in the thing. I put, um. I press it onto the little spongy thing, and then I roll it across my my face. Roll it like one. Two, I'm, I'm doing a motion. Like roll my fingers. Just like roll it, roll it, roll it. Press and roll. Press and roll. Press and roll. That's press, a good. It press and roll. It feels nice. It's a nice experience. And it gives you this luminous, beautiful, dewy coverage. But not shimmery dewy? Not shimmery. Okay, that's good. No, no shimmer. I don't don't like when they say luminous and then you end up like sparkle queen. No sparkles. It's just so, like, your skin just looks amazing. Like, you had a great facial and, you know, you just have naturally good skin. And even when it dries down, you still have the dewy effect? I think so. I mean, it's just sheer. It is sheer. So you do have to, like, reapply. Mm-hmm. Like, I find myself reapplying, like, twice during the day. Okay. Um, but I'm also a huge face toucher. Like, I, I'm always touching my face. Like, I'm sit with my, my chin in my hand, that kind of thing. So if you're not a face toucher, I think it's probably better. Um, I do have one complaint. It is expensive. This baby is $90. So this is definitely wah, wah, wah. The, in lo- this is a luxury item. Um, and I think... Maybe this is something to do with, like, these cushion foundations. You guys can tell me. I don't think it's going to last as much as, like, a bottle of foundation because I think I'm kind of nearing the end of it. I do believe we'll check this, but that it might be refillable, too, so that when you pay the next time, you just put the little podule inside. 
Podual's not a word, and, and I don't that might think not be this true. One's refer- Some of them referral. are though, and they are pricier. So like, just something to look out yeah. for. Also, Podual. Just Podual. Everybody, it's 2019. That's a new word. Um, okay, well, you know what? It's worth it because your skin looks amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening. We're growing because of people like you telling your friends, family, and everyone else in your network about the show. Be sure to follow us on all the social networks at Fat Mascara. And if you want to drop us a line to tell us how great we are or complain or suggest something that we should talk about, it's info at fatmascara.com. You can also give us a rating on iTunes if you like what you hear. How many stars? Five. Five stars, please. know real when you get it it'll say ebay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it maybe it's a head-turning handbag a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience so when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee shop with confidence Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 